A much-deserved extension for the Suns general manager, the reigning NBA executive of the year, James Jones. What does it mean? What does it tell us about the bigger picture of this franchise right now? And we'll break down tonight's jazz game, the redux, all of it coming up right away on Locked on Suns. Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean. Covering the Suns the past five seasons as a credentialed media member, I am also a contributor at suns.com as well as Dime Magazine. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen each and every weekday. Thank you for finding us on YouTube where our channel is growing, just creeping up on that thousand mark, which means Kelly Oubre could be in your hands in no time. I will pick a random subscriber when we get to a thousand. So tell your friends, tell your family, tell the Suns fans in your life. Thank you as well to those of you listening on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're free everywhere. And the best way to keep us that way is to continue to listen and follow. You can also check us out at Locked On PHX Suns, where I post the shows every single day and we hang out during games. We also, uh, you know, polls, mailbags, whatever it might be. That's the best place to keep up with everything. Some news coming down, uh, not late. First thing this morning, James Jones extension, which I... I mean, start with the news. I mean, they called it a multi-year extension, which, you know, (laughs) rarely does it happen for anything less than multi-year, but I guess that's all we really know. I don't think I've seen anything in terms of the length of time. Um, Teams don't announce that type of thing, but very clearly, this was a piece of business that needed to happen and is well-deserved, and I would hope not only was just the security of that extension, but also a significant raise because, I mean, it's it's a nice time to just look back at Jones's tenure. Um, he came in at basically rock bottom. Obviously, Ryan McDonough was fired eight days before the start of the regular season in 2018. James Jones was already with the franchise for a year prior, but no executive experience except for that one season as the executive vice president of basketball ops and came in week before the start of the regular season that team had no point guard it had sort of a mandate to win with the addition of Trevor Ariza and and everything else but no talent or plan to actually get over that hump he comes in he makes trades for Kelly Oubre for Tyler Johnson he then is able to hire Monty Williams, he makes the Cam Johnson trade, and the rest is basically history. Signs Ricky Rubio that same summer, and then eventually flips Rubio and Ubre together for Chris Paul, and, and this team has been a championship contender since then. So, I mean, in the moment, obviously, any Suns fan, we've talked about it on this show a ton, will know that the job that James Jones has done transforming, really, truly transforming this franchise basically overnight has been nothing short of incredible. I mean, 
most executive, I mean, there's there's a ton of executives in this league who do not even make trades that often. There's teams who avoid it. I mean, the Spurs, maybe most notably, but it just doesn't always happen. I mean, the Celtics are a, a, it's in some ways a laughing stock. I know they made the Kyrie Irving deal, but it's a it's become a meme among NBA fans how little the Celtics how little aggressiveness the Celtics had cashing in their assets and James Jones from the jump has been aggressive upgrading pieces knowing the types of players and people who make sense with the group make sense with the core he knew from the jump Devin Booker was the guy to build around I'm sure he quickly realized that role role players co-stars like Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre Ayton were here to stay but he also was not afraid to make sacrifices with value and you know maybe there's still some criticism there maybe that's sort of the one blind spot if you want to pick nits with him is that he does quote unquote lose trades by the you know Kevin Pelton's and John Hollinger's of the world who really break down the minutia of that type of stuff online as analysts but that's never stopped him he has never backed down from the opportunity to potentially upgrade the talent and the cohesion of this roster in the name of winning a championship even if it means that maybe you give up a little bit more or you do something unorthodox with the roster or with money or with draft picks to get it done I mean I think back to some of the ones that have even you know frustrated me you know getting rid of D'Anthony Melton at just as the price basically as the cost of doing business to to offload uh, Josh Jackson. I think the Suns gave up a second round pick and Anthony Melton and paid the rest of Kyle Korver's salary, which shows you uh, how quickly things move in the NBA that Kyle Korver was momentarily a, a son uh, in this same era that Chris Paul now is. Things are crazy, but even with that, that deal, you know, you get Javon Carter, who you then use as a way to get Landry Shamit, like the losses in the trades are probably the one nitpick, but even then it has by no means held James Jones back. That aggressiveness and that uh, determination to just build a winner no matter what, at, at really whatever cost it was going to take is the re- the, the way that I would, I mean, I, I don't want to say look back on, we're in the middle of it, but that's that's the the makeup of what Jones has become as a as an executive and as a leader of this team. And you look through the piece that Mark Spears wrote over at the Undefeated, sort of breaking the news a little while before the Suns officially announced it. And one of the quotes that really jumped out to me, um, aside from something I want to talk about in the second segment, which is the Robert Server of it all, is the the humility that he that he talked about. Um he says, I have such a great team that I work with on the basketball side, but just as well equally and sometimes even more on the business side because we're the sun's right. This is entertainment and you don't do the things that we do in a vacuum. That's what I tell people a lot of the time. You don't do this alone. It takes everyone. He also then goes on to talk about just his own progress. He says, I just try to sit back and observe and give an objective perspective to what we do, but I still have a long way to go because the league, the talent here is growing exponentially. It's a new game. The game is changing. The fans are changing. So I'm always in constant improvement mode. One thing that I say a lot internally is that sometimes experience can be the enemy of progress. 
And that's really where I want to close here. Experience can be the enemy of progress. I mean, that's not a phrase that James Jones invented, but it, it's worth remembering as it pertains to this front office because not only did James Jones take over back in 2018 with no winners on this roster, except for maybe Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, those three young players, he took over eight days before the start of the regular season. He took over with no point guard. He took over with no investment really coming from up top. And he proved to Robert Sarver that the investment should be coming because he was ready to take the team over the top. And he did it without much of a group around him. And that's, I think, some of what he's hinting at there. I mean, he says, I try not to overweigh my experiences as a player. So he's he's obviously speaking from his own truth there as well, just you know, not always believing himself from what it sounds like. But also, keep in mind, this front office is still very small. They had Trevor Buckstein, who has been in place here for a very long time. They have Ryan Resch, who's the, I think, basically like the director of basketball operations. They did keep the G, uh, G League, the Northern Arizona general manager, after um, they closed that team down. So that's their group. I mean, then they have a couple of other basketball operations assistants. They have a couple of analytics people. They have, you know, like a uh, project manager type person. It's less than 10. I mean, and you're comparing that to the top of the league where some teams have, you know, almost that many in just the analytics department or maybe in just the scouting department. The Suns only have a handful of scouts. So it's... I think by design, though, and I think that James trusts the people that he has here and he's been empowered to make the decisions to bring in who he wants and keep and maintain who he wants and, and orchestrate this thing in his own vision, on his own terms, with that same humility where he's, I think, always trying to learn from those people around him. But it's just all of that together, breathtaking, frankly, like honestly crazy how he has been able to build this team from nothing to a championship contender, back-to-back -back seasons, the beginning of a genuine era of contention with a young nucleus. It's something that any NBA team aspires to, and James Jones did it in basically three years. Huge, huge kudos to him and uh, a very much well-deserved extension. But I want to talk about what this means, bigger picture, not just for James Jones and whether he deserves it or not, but what does it tell us about this team as they operate under this cloud of this investigation? Some news came down about that, and of course, uh, this piece by Mark Spears had a lot of details about it as well. First though, guys, you've been hearing us tell you about prize picks for months here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, and if you have not signed up yet, now is the perfect time because... For a limited time only, PrizePix has an exclusive no-brainer offer for all of our Locked On listeners. You all will get $50 for free if a player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point when you use the code NBA. That's right, an exclusive offer available for Locked On listeners only when they use the code NBA at sign up. PrizePix has the best and easiest NBA Daily Fantasy prop game on the market, Prize picks is basically you against the projection. So any prop you can think of, points, assists, rebounds, threes, pick two to five players, the over or the under on that projection, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Again, just you versus those projections, not a pool, not a direct league opponent. It's just you versus the projections. Prize picks also allows mixed sport entries. So you can take the over on Joel Embiid points combined with the under 
on, let's say, Jimmy Garoppolo passing yards. Use their award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play Store, and you can trust Prize Picks with safe and fast withdrawal. So go to PrizePicks.com today. Use the promo code NBA when you make your first deposit to get $50 free if that first entry scores a single point, which, of course, it will. That's right, all users that deposit and use the promo code NBA will get $50 free when that prize picks first entry scores a single point. Prize picks, daily fantasy made easy. So James Jones locked in for multiple seasons beyond this one and likely the recipient of a pretty big raise. For all intents and purposes, he continues to be the shepherd of this organization, of this program, as Monty Williams loves to call it, and a great partner for Monty Williams. But I don't think it's possible to look at this deal and not wonder what's going on with the investigation. And I don't like, I haven't, I think, Listeners, daily listeners or or frequent listeners will know that I have not touched on this often because there hasn't been a lot of new information. It just so happens that another report from Baxter Holmes came out came out today, the same day that this was announced. So I will talk about that. But a few tea leaves to read here beyond the James Jones thing. But I will read first what Jones said about the Sarver situation because he, Mark Spears, like a the, the solid reporter that he is, asked about it. Um, Jones told the undefeated that the Sarver investigation, quote, didn't give me pause, end quote, in accepting the contract extension. Quote, the, this organization, business and basketball, it's good. The people here are amazing. I have such a great team that I work with. And that was the quote that I read. A minute ago, he basically is giving props to everybody around him and indicating that there has not been a change or warping of the confidence that he has, the the satisfaction that he has with what he's doing here. And so you can take that with in whatever direction you want. You can take it however you want, but it seems to be status quo, basically, to sum it up. And that is fitting and in, in, in line with what we've seen elsewhere in this organization. So went a little bit under the radar. I you know didn't rise to the level of something that it, it was worth talking about on this show, but people who know this team and, and really have been uh, you know maybe some diehard Suns fans might know the name Julie Fi. And she had been the director of basketball communications for decades prior to uh, I mean, years and years prior to the seven seconds or less era, she was around and most recently was the vice president of communications. She, in the past couple of years, had graduated beyond actually being the day-to-day manager and had been sort of the overseer. She was recently moved over to running the Suns alumni program. And in conjunction with that, there were some promotions elsewhere in that basketball communications department and people moved around. Um... Also, of course, the bigger news than that recently on the Mercury side is the hiring of their new head coach, who, Vanessa Nygaard, who, during her introductory press conference, went out of her way twice, both in the statement she put in the press release as well as during the press conference with local media, went out of her way to thank Robert Sarver, saying that he uh, was, you know, 
she was appreciative for the opportunity that he was giving her, but very much made a point of including him in that because Jim Pittman is the general manager of the Mercury. He also works as the CFO for the Suns. She obviously thanked him, but there's no necessarily need to reference the owner, especially one who's under investigation, and Vanessa Nygaard decided to do so. So hiring those positions, moving that personnel around, giving the general manager an extension, and being discussed on the record about these things very much gives you the indication that this is not a franchise acting as if massive change is coming in the near future. You could imagine if Robert Sarver was very nervous that he might not be running this team for much longer, why would he bother negotiating an extension with James Jones or deciding a a different person to run the alumni relations program or um, any of that, you know, being physically in the meetings and, and interviews with a Mercury head coach. Those are not things you do if, if you are nervous that you might not be around for much longer. And on top of that, I will just note that Robert Sarver has returned to his usual corner courtside seats with Larry Fitzgerald, with his wife, with his usual assortment of guests in those corner seats across from the Suns bench, sort of under the basket where he has sat for years that is uh, a recent, relatively recent development. I had also seen Robert in the suite level a couple of times. I'm sure he has multiple spots in the arena where he can sit. Um, so it's not to say that he was not at games during the initial phase of this investigation. I'm not sure. But it's not sudden that he's back. But it is noteworthy that he is back in those seats where everybody can see him again and not hiding, I guess, from anything. Um, secondary to that, we also did hear that the Suns are creating their own in-house reporting line, hotline for office malfeasance, so to speak. Uh, because, you know, one of the things that came out probably most striking and damning about this team during that, in that Baxter Holmes report was the lack of confidence in HR. And that's something you just cannot have. So it sounds as if per Baxter Holmes that the team is creating their own line rather than relying on people using the NBA hotline. Again, smart, very much appreciated for people like me who root for uh, people to not have to be terrified when they're in their workplace. But uh, again, not something you necessarily do if you're expecting to be ousted or voluntarily departing in the near future. So I guess what I'll say is if that deadline is to be believed by Dan Bickley of 98.7 FM that the the investigation itself is expected to be finished prior to the All-Star break, then we're very much nearing that. And if, if, you know, there's also then, you know, what is a final report look like? How does that become public? To what degree do we find out the contents of something like that? That's all conversation to be had after the formal investigation wraps up. But if we assume that Dan Bickley is correct and that this investigation is is in its final stages here and we're seeing sort of an emboldened, more active behind-the-scenes role and and honestly front-facing role by Robert Sarver, It doesn't necessarily spell to me like it is going to end in a a Robert Sarverless Suns organization. So I don't necessarily have too much more than that, but it it just feels like there's too many things pointing in that direction. 
We don't know the details. I'm not going to give an opinion on whether that's good, bad, or, or otherwise because I just don't know, but I will just make that observation that it's not shaping up to look like a guy who is, uh, you know, recoiling backward, inward. That's not what's happening. He is active, and this extension for Jones is just the latest example. We do have a great basketball game in store, hopefully, on Wednesday night as the Jazz hopefully put their starters back into the mix one by one. Maybe not all of them, but we'll see what happens. We'll talk about that game, break it down, preview it in a second. First, though, it's the new year, so that means it's time for New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes even better than your favorite candy bar. Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to keep eating it. Unlike other protein bars and honestly healthy foods in general, which can taste chalky, waxy, or like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it can be boring. Built Bar solves that problem. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. There's a flavor for everybody. And somehow with all of that said, they rarely, if ever, crack five grams of sugar on any one bar. So... In the new year, go to all your secret treat stashes, those candy stashes that we all have. Replace them all with Built Bar. You will not regret it. Coconut almond, salted caramel, raspberry. There's something for everybody. They're all delicious. Check it out. Built.com. See those classic favorites as well as new limited time flavors. And when you make your purchase, use the promo code LOCK15. That's all one word to get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Quick thoughts here on Suns Jazz Part 2. The Suns are now winners of four straight games against this Jazz team. We already know that Utah will be without Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Gobert, I believe, a a lower leg, maybe an ankle sprain, something like that. And Donovan Mitchell remains in concussion protocol. Here's hoping that's nothing too serious. It's always scary in basketball, especially when guys are out long-term with concussions. It's just not an injury that happens very often. So... Obviously, best wishes wishes to Donovan. That sets the Suns up in a very nice position to win once again, extend that win streak to eight games, extend the Utah win streak to five, and create more ground between themselves and the Jazz in the standings. The Jazz have, have now felt a game and a half back from Memphis. They are in fourth, Memphis in third, and then the Suns have that three and a half game cushion themselves over the Warriors. So, A win here would go a long way to clinching that tiebreaker. It would go a long way to just padding the standings. But we also have a lot of absences on the sun side. So in addition to, I'll try to keep this without just having it sound like I'm rattling off names. Obviously, Nader, Kaminsky, and Sharich remain out. In addition, though, you have DeAndre Ayton still out. You have Crowder and Payne, both with wrist injuries, still out. And then you have... A new addition to the injury report, which is JaVale McGee. Um, Surprising, I think it was called left knee soreness. So probably precautionary. Again, as a guy in his early to mid-30s, we've seen this with Crowder in, in this season as well. There's no reason to rush any of this. So understandable that McGee would sit if needed. But thank goodness that... Uh, Rudy Gobert is not playing because the Suns will be very, very depleted at the big man spot. Biombo will likely start. Son Whiteside is a good deal bigger than him. And then, of course, Jalen Smith will probably be pressed back into action, meaning um, 
that small ball stuff off the bench that we saw Utah go to actually could be fairly interesting in this game because Smith is a little more comfortable doing that than Biombo is, but obviously the Suns are not likely to score quite as well with Smith out there at the five as opposed to Biombo or McGee or Ayton. So that's kind of the who's in there, the who's who of the game, the chess pieces just from a personnel standpoint. Um, but looking back at the last game, I mean, I think what you have to, yes, it's a road game, but the Suns have been the best road team in the NBA for two seasons running. So I, I personally don't really weigh that all that much. Mostly what I'm, I think you would hope for to be different in this game is that Suns do not allow Utah to stay in this game. I mean, if you could not play the fourth quarter, I think you, you go for that kill shot in a way and take whatever magic we've seen from Chris Paul and Devin Booker late and just have it be at the beginning of the game. I mean, Book is very good about that, but an, an aggressive Chris Paul scoring performance would go a long way and just having a lead, you know, going into the fourth quarter that it gives you that cushion to where you don't have to push yourself because the injuries are piling up and the all-star break is in sight loosely. You want to just be able to coast through that. Um, I would say some things that I would watch out for. I still maintain that if Bogdanovich, if Boyan Bogdanovich can play, especially with Jay Crowder not playing, that becomes a pretty interesting uh, mismatch that, that Utah could exploit. I mean, yes, Cam Johnson is a pretty big dude in and of himself, but Bogdanovich in the post, off screens, as a you know guy attacking closeouts, he can do a fair bit of damage as a scorer. So you have that. Whether it's Bridges or Johnson, it's probably going to be Johnson who would get that assignment. You also have Bridges who, if Mike Conley were to play, would have his hands full. So you could see a game where the Bucks or the I'm sorry, the Jazz just go all offense. They play small in that second unit. They go to some multi-guard lineups. Let's say you put Conley, Clarkson, Bogdanovich all out there at one time, maybe Pascal at the five, maybe Rudy Gay at the four, some lineup like that. And it does start to be pretty difficult to contain. You, I mean, the Jazz have a system where even without elite talent, without their best players, they can create great offense. They've been the best offense in the NBA most of the season. So I would just, you know, have that in the back of my mind if I were the Suns of having a plan ready at least if they do have more healthy players out there and they are willing to just go all offense in a given lineup. You know, the Suns need to be able to to at least match that and not allow it to take over the game. Um, those are those are probably my top line things, you know, just handle the personnel stuff. Win the Jalen Smith, at least, you know, don't get crushed in the Jalen Smith minutes and then just have an answer, have a, a preparation in place for, for Utah's offense because they can get hot, they can swing a game, even if it's just Conley and Bogdanovich who were to come back. Joe Ingles, we don't know on still. So um, let's hope that it's at least just competitive and fun. Let's hope that we get more great moments from Book and, and from Chris Paul and that this win streak goes to eight games. I mean, that would be a, a mission accomplished for sure here. That'll do it, guys. Enjoy the game. Nationally televised once again. It's it's nice to have so many of those. And I will be right here with you post game to recap Suns Jazz Part 2. Talk to you then.